What's going on, everybody? DeMarco and Eric here with another episode of Deadlifts, Dogs, and Dad Jokes. Uh, super excited to be here with you today. We're going to talk about deadlifts and some other fun stuff. I will be totally honest. I totally uh, lost count as to the episode number. I think it's 39 or 40. Uh, the, the YouTube algorithm and everything will uh, will show me. <laughs> so but we're going to we're gonna get um, excited to hang out with you today. We're going to talk about the deadlift and teach you some of our favorite cues and basically teach you how to perform the deadlift uh, strong, safe, and pain-free. Those are the main the main things that we definitely focus on when it comes to strength training, of course. So, uh, Eric, how's it going, man? It's going well. I feel like it's been a little while. We have we've had a couple crazy weeks, and you know how it goes. We, we both have full-time jobs. I mean, I know you're a full-time dad, and I'm a you know full-time working, and you're full-time working. So, yeah, glad glad we got on here. You know, it's, it's awesome after a Celtics win too. Can't can't beat that. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, it was a talk about a great talk about a great game. And you were you were in the guard. Well, not in the guard, but you were in. in yeah, the I, was, I, was near, I was near the guard. I wish I was near the guard. In the guard. Yeah. One of actually one. Of, I didn't even tell you this earlier, but one of my one of my colleagues, his client had courtside seats and I was I was very close to going. Oh, my God. Ooh. You have no idea. Well, I uh, they so, offering was there. They had an extra ticket they were offering for you. Well, what basically he was seeing if his daughters were going to go and they ended up going, I guess, but I was, oh man, if, if not, I would have, I would have been, I would have been there. Could you imagine being there last night, man? Oh, that win too? oh my God. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, did man. you catch the whole game or did you watch this? Basically? I watched the, I watched the second half. We, so the first half of the game. Uh, so I, this, I actually ended up, I was kind of playing catch up. I did grocery store earlier in the day to try to make time for the game. And then I got a quick workout in and I headed home and then we got Vivi together, went and did the playground with her. So I was hanging out with her in the playground for the first quarter, or I should say the first half. Cause we went to the library too. So like second at halftime, we were actually walking to, uh, walking to Davis and we found a place. So I saw, I saw like pretty much all of the second half and, it yeah. was, uh, I was checking my phone obsessively, though. I was checking the score like every 30 seconds. Yeah. Everyone's like, and I kept, I was joking. I was like pulling my phone out, like, it's work related. It's a client. Like, it wasn't a client. I was just Googling the score. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge basketball fan. I enjoy watching yeah. really not more than just the Celtics, any basketball team. And, and, but that these last two games have been great. And, and it's, yeah. I'm a little biased because they, they won, of course, but just, like, just the fight that, the defending champs gave to the Celtics. That was, that was pretty incredible. Oh, I agree. Yeah. It was a great series. And, and I'm not a, I'm not a super hardcore fan. I mean, I'm, I told Lauren, you know, cause I, yeah. this is my first time living in a city with a professional, with professional sports teams. So, right. um, cause I, I bounced around and moved a lot from the military and like my mom's in the military. So I told her, I said, wherever we move for your, your residency, your medical training, you know, it, it, we need to have professional teams that I'm, I'm adopting those teams. So she chose Boston. So I'm a, and my dad actually watched like my dad's a huge Celtics fan. So I actually watched a lot of games with him growing up. So um, it's not super random, but yeah, it was a great series, man. Great, great competition and uh, hats off to the bucks, man. They played, they played their hearts out and I love, I just love um, like, you, like I love competitive sports. Like when it's really competitive, watch people playing at their highest level and even that series, even in defeat, we're still trying to figure out what that quote is, by the way, but we'll, we're going to have to Google it. Um, okay. Like even in, even in defeat, they, they should hang their heads high because they played, they played their hearts out and they played, they still played some good ball. That first, that first half in particular was very, was very, uh, was very good. So, Oh uh, yeah. Oh, it's four quarters. <laughs> you got to play a full game. It's a full game, baby. So game ain't one and a half. What, what is that? Yeah, What's that? I said, the game isn't one and a half. It's one and four quarters. So. So, so Good true, stuff. buddy. So the deadlift, it's in our podcast name. We love it. 
you and I do it all the time. What's, uh, I'll let you go first, actually. What would be, so we'll start off with like the deadlift with the why. Why should we deadlift? So yeah, deadlifting is known as the hinge, the hinge pattern. And, and one of the most, I say butchered movements. Um, I feel like most people who begin their journeys when they think about deadlifts, think about really, really more or less squatting a deadlift that they're going to do it. They, so they do it poorly, but also they get the wrong notion of what a, what the benefits of a deadlift are, but also, um, they're, 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 they think about how they, they'll hurt their back if they deadlift. So they don't, a lot of people don't want to do it because of that. So right away, they're already, there's already that negative notion around it. And that, that makes it a, a, an exercise that I would say for the most part, like a lot of people will say, don't do it as far as like doctors or like people like higher up. Absolutely. Yeah. Until they're educated. I think proper education on it obviously becomes really, really crucial. And I, I would say for the most part, in my opinion, anyways, with, with deadlifts and my experience with deadlifts, if I improve my deadlift, I improve everything else. You know what I mean? All, all my, all my lifts go up. Um, I, I feel much better as far as just overall, overall strength goes up. So it's kind of, it's kind of a, a win-win. Um, but also too, you know, I, I look at it as a way to work pretty much every muscle in your body. I, I don't remember the Eric Cressy had a quote. I might actually look it up right now. Basically saying how how deadlift, you, you, I mean, deadlift is the everything exercise, literally. Yeah, you know, it, it is. Um, you know, not not only gonna not only gonna impact your lower half, your hamstrings, your glutes, um, and that's the primary muscles working, but also it's gonna help prevent low back pain if you're doing it correctly. Um, it's gonna build core stability, core strength. Um, I mean, it's gonna build your back. I mean, you're, you're gonna you're gonna have an iron back if you can deadlift really well and, and effectively, right? So all, all of those things kind of go into it. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much I can go into as far yeah. as details, but yeah, I, I would say in, in general, uh, mo most people, once they learn the why and understand how the hinge is important, we, we had an episode, I think Casey had talked about it, how think yeah. about it. If, if you're, you're trying to pick up something off the floor, you know, you're trying to prevent yourself from lower back pain, like a deadlift is going to be, one of your top priorities it should be your, one of your top priorities. So, um, yeah. yeah, no, I couldn't agree more, man. I think that's uh, that's a very, very good way to put it. Honestly, we all deadlift every day, probably without even thinking about it. You know, when I pick up Viviana, um, off the floor, that's a deadlift. When I pick yeah. up the laundry basket, a lot of times with her in it, cause we turn kind of laundry into a fun game together. Um, that's a deadlift, you know, when I'm squatting, squatting slash hinging down to pick up a bag of groceries and carry them into the, into the home. I mean, that's like, we hinge, we, and squat we'll do, we'll, we'll focus on another day, but um, yeah. yeah, you, you hinge all the time. Anytime you're leaning, I mean, I'm hinging when I set Vivi down into the, into a crib to uh, you know, for nap time. So it's um, you know, we, we hinge and we do the deadlift pattern a lot and like Eric has said, the, the movement is very butchered and it's very important to learn how to do it the best way for you and with the best tool. So the big debate in the strength world, obviously, is like, should you trap bar deadlift? Should you barbell deadlift? And, you know, if your coach is a power lifter, they're going to say you have to barbell deadlift. Right. You know, and it's just there's that classic debate. And it's it's honestly I care way more about the movement quality, your ability to hinge and, uh, you know, maintain the triangle, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But, you know, maintain, you know, good, strong position and uh, lift it safely and well 
I care much more about that versus the actual tool that you use because I, we use, I've used dumbbells, I've used kettlebells, you know, uh, we use the barbell, we use the hex bar or the trap bar as it's also called, um, bands. I mean, I, one of my clients, one of my colleagues, shout out to, to OG live, <laughs> OG BSC live. Um, she used the cable machine. She would actually set the cable machine up low and ha- have a client hold the handles that people would typically use for arm workouts, but she would do deadlifts, um, almost like kind of like a sissy squat kind of setup and would do them off of the, uh, the cable, the cable rack. So there's a bunch of different ways to do the movement. I'm, I want to focus on, of course, we'll talk about tool specific cues, of course, like with the barbell, but I definitely just want to really, really hammer home that especially for someone just getting started, don't feel like you have to use a certain tool to be considered a real deadlifter. A deadlift is a deadlift. If you're picking right. up a kettlebell, if you're getting a dumbbell, again, if you can bend down like, and, and if let's say if bending down to pick up like a, a bag of cat litter, which this was one of my clients, actually, if you can bend down and pick up that, that cat litter and you're strong, you're stable, you can maintain your balance and there's no pain. That's awesome. I had a client who, before we started, was had really didn't have any of those wasn't experiencing any of those was feeling very unstable was actually feeling a little bit of lower back pain and um, didn't feel very confident doing movement but now as a result of doing we've been doing like kettlebell deadlifts body weight single leg deadlifts as a result of doing those and getting her lower body and core and everything stronger she can now pick up that uh, that cat litter much easier now so her her adl or activity of daily living one of them has become easier because she has gotten stronger so it's yes, I'll brag about numbers on a client and what they can hit. But at the end of the day, if, if we can get you stronger in the gym, you're going to be more effective in your daily life, whatever your daily life routine is for you. 100%. Couldn't agree with more with all that. And I feel like too, kind of to our experiences with deadlifts, I feel like, and you could probably relate in the beginning when you first started deadlifting, like maybe, I don't know when that was for you. For me, it was not until probably like junior, senior high school. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was definitely an exercise that I butchered for sure. And I thought it was just like a low back exercise. I didn't really know why I was doing it. Same. And I, and I would just watch people in the gym doing, I was like, Oh, like that was cool. And, and I didn't really, I didn't have the, I didn't know the why I couldn't, I couldn't put two and two together. Why, you know, what, what, what was my motives to doing this? So I definitely, I definitely think like over the years, when you learn the why, much like anything else, once, once you understand, once you have the purpose behind it, you're more apt to, to make the change and say, okay, like this, this, this is, this is, um, an important exercise and it's a pivotal movement for me for, like I said, for everything else and literally everything else you do in the gym. So. Oh, definitely, man. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's actually, that's a great point to point to add there. And it's just, it's one of the big movements, man. You know, we, we talk about, what is it? Push, pull, squat, hinge, lunge, carry. I know everyone debates those last couple, but um, that's like the, the, the nuances and everything. But yeah, I mean, hinges, it's a, it's a very, very important foundational movement pattern. So it is no doubt, uh, good stuff. So when approaching a deadlift, Eric, um, obviously it can get very confusing and people Actually, let's go back for a second. You mentioned squatting the deadlift, which a lot of people will do. I'm going to give you guys a quick confession, and then I'm going to let Eric kind of take this one and uh, and drive this one home. But when I first started training, first off, I'll, I'll be honest, this is actually a funny story for later. But when I first started training, I really didn't know what a personal trainer was, honestly, like fully. I had just gotten certified. I was very young and, and very new. And uh, there was a lot of learning, a lot of, lot of learning that happened that, that first year in particular. Not that it doesn't still happen now, but um, I remember when we were going through a session with a client, one of my first clients I ever worked with, 
and I was having them do a squat and we were squatting just on the bench. I noticed that. And now I, now I know now looking back, I'm like, oh man, you know, almost nine years later, I'm like, oh, I should have, you know, whatever. But anyways, hindsight 2020, they were hinging their squat. So there was not as much knee bend, but they were, they were, you know, dipping the, uh, dipping the torso forward and it, it looks like a deadlift. And I, in that moment in my head, I, I literally asked myself, well, shit, man, what's the difference between a squat and a deadlift? Cause I really didn't know at that point. I had no idea. Um, and then I was very, now his back wasn't rounded. None, none of it was unsafe by the way. So knees weren't caving in like no, nothing. And it was, it was body weight. So please don't. <laughs> don't don't uh don't chastise me on the internet or please do and, and comment so he can uh, give me more engagement uh, <laughs> um but no seriously so i definitely i definitely had that kind of debate in my mind so so eric what would you say for someone that would ask like what would be the main differences between like a squat and deadlift i mean in, in simplest forms in a squat you're bending your knees more so there's more knee flexion going on so your, your goal your ultimate goal is to drop your butt towards the floor right uh, as opposed to a deadlift where you're hinging right so you're you're pushing your hips back and you're focusing more on pushing towards the wall rather than pushing towards the ground, assuming there's a wall behind you. Um, but so I, I think about more, it's loading with the glutes and the hamstrings. So more of the posterior chain loading as far as in a deadlift squat is a little bit more anterior. So there's going to be more, like I said, more knee flexion. That being said, you're still working your glutes as well. Um, so I would say that's, that's the biggest difference. The, the knee, knee flexion being a, a big difference. Yep. No, that's great. Yeah, and I, I love that you said that because that was exactly what I was going to go with. And you set me up for, for the next piece, which is I mentioned earlier, the triangle. So whenever a client is first learning the deadlift, uh, actually in a squat for that matter, I will typically stand on the side of the client um, so I can see the positioning of, of, um, of three main joint systems is what I'm looking for for the deadlift in particular. I'm looking at the shoulders, I'm looking at the hips, and I'm looking at the knees. So what we are looking for with the deadlift is for you to form what we call the triangle. So that's our magical. Uh, and it's funny because there's also the triangle in basketball, but we're talking about a different triangle here uh, for the deadlift. But basically we're talking about, uh, and I love putting my arm out here to give people a little bit of a kind of a kind of a visual, but basically shoulders above hips and then hips are going to be above the knees. So once, if we, if we start off with that hinge pattern, but then the hips dip down, um, yep. to get level with the knees, then we're, we're, we're basically in squat territory. And that's actually an exercise is called the, what is it called? The sumo squat, right? Like the sumo dumbbell yeah. squat. Mm -hmm. And it's where you're like, you're squatting, but it looks like a deadlift and it can be kind of confusing. But once those hips get to get to knee level or lower that then, then we're into a squat pattern, you're loading it. Like you would like a, like a barbell or, or a kettlebell deadlift, but we're in a squat pattern. So that's your main takeaway there is we are looking for the triangle. So shoulders are above the hips and then the hips are above the knees. So that's what we're looking for. And um, that's where if you get confused, you know, you can bust your phone out, take a quick video um, or have, have a coach, have a, have a certified individual watch you. Or if you already have a coach, then you already know this and they can point it out for you. But, um, and just so anybody knows, if anyone's watching this and you're, you're confused about the deadlift or something's off at any time, and this goes for any movement, by the way, you can always, uh, film a quick video. You can totally send one of us a DM on Instagram. That's the easiest way to reach us. And, uh, we'd be more than happy to give you, give you a response, you know, give you a little bit of, a little bit of feedback, a little cueing and coaching. And, and with, with, with your permission, of course, we would, we would share it, but without it, we would keep it private. So right. I'm not going to just use you for, for content, obviously without, without your permission, but, um, but yeah, that was kind of a little, little tip there. Don't hesitate to reach out, help comment below on, you know, on YouTube or, or, um, yeah, on YouTube. So I don't think you can comment on the other thing. So, but anyways, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting away from myself. So the, the triangle shoulders above hips, hips above knees, kind of remember that really in particular, the hips above the knees. Cause that's, 
the shoulders above the hips kind of makes sense mm-hmm. for most people. And, uh, and yeah, so Eric, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to add to that. It was great. I think we'll, we'll make sure we have this in the show notes. So all this will be there. So if anyone yeah. needs, actually, you know what, while you're talking, I'm going to take some notes so I can keep track of what we said. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah. Put your first tip down there when we'll yeah. start it off. And as far as just put it in the show notes, you can always add a little bit more detail in the show notes. Yeah. Go for it, man. I'm listening. So I would say, and I'm surprised you didn't mention this yet. The first thing I think about is taking a big air. So a big gulp of air. So thinking to myself, right. So I think, I think the big thing, I think it would, I want to say, I mean, Tony Jenicor always talks about it too, but you want to think about a 3d expansion, right? Um, So it's more, it's more than just breathing into the stomach. We also want to breathe into our sides and our back as well. Uh, before even grabbing the bar. So that should be like the first step. I mean, I, I would not even, if, if you just walk up the bar and just try to lift it, you're probably already going to be out of position. You know, as far as if, if you're not thinking about all the other, the things that take place prior to actually touching the bar or the kettlebell or whatever you're using. So I would say that's a big thing, just big gulp of air. Oh, that's, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, um, and it's so funny because it's, it's, everyone's going to think about something a little differently as yeah. far as like where to start. Cause it does get confusing when you're first starting as a, as a newbie. Well, well, to add to that too, I think you can't marry yourself to one style. So there's not, it, you know, when I think about a deadlift, there's not just always just one specific way. It's going to be based oh, on yeah. your anatomy, based on your experience, based mm-hmm. on your goals and all that stuff as far as, and I think Tony said it in our, in the episode we had with him, how you, you can't marry yourself to one style. So there's a right. lot of ways to deadlift and Obviously, oh, we, pick, yeah. we pick favorites, of course, but there's, but yeah. usually there's, there's, there's going to be more than just one way to do of doing things. So, oh yeah, no, there's definitely exactly, and, and again, I know I've used this corny tagline a million times, but it's personal training for a reason. It's personalized to the goals, uh, to the client's goals, their injury history, their any kind of types of limitations, and of course, also their strengths. So yeah, I mean, I, I have a client. One of my clients is a is super badass. She's seventy eight years old. And our deadlift is we shorten up the range of motion a little bit. Um, and she, her, she has like her knees are, are very beat up. She has very high miles in her knees. She was like a rollerblader. She did skiing. And I think she was a, um, some kind of like runner or something long distance, uh, endurance athlete at one point. And, uh, so she's, she's put a lot of work, a lot of wear and tear on the knees and they're, they're feeling it like performing a traditional deadlift for her is too much knee bend. So for her, we, we minimize the knee bend, but then we elevate the weight that way she doesn't have to bend at, you know, start bending her spine. Well, it, and, it, meets, uh, it meets her needs pretty much. It meets her needs. Exactly. So we, we set it up and then her position is a little bit different. So I was telling you about the triangle. We're still meeting, we're still making the triangle. So right. hips, um, you know, shoulders above hips, hips above knees. However, her position is closer to this stance. It's a little bit more leaned forward. However, lower back, everything is still locked in and, uh, and neutral. She's not rounding. She's not hunching over. I, I, I always think, again, I always think about it it's like the canister, right? So it's like, we want to shoot for more of a canister or pillar. You know, you want, you want to make sure your back is completely flat. Exactly. And, and, and think about like, I think Tony said that your, your pelvis and your rib cage are stacked as, you know, as, as one really. So, oh yeah. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. That's a good, that's a great one. I like, I love that stacked that anytime the coach says stacked, I just think that's a great, that's a great cue. Yep. Cause it just totally, it totally makes sense. 
And, and I think a lot of people that are listening to, they may not understand some of this stuff. And that's where we can, you could deep dive a little bit more, but I think the show, sure. show and we're going to do, and, and this is going to put pressure on us now. I'm not going to tell you when, just so we give ourselves wiggle room. However, we are going to get together soon and do a movement series. And we're going to do an even deeper dive on all of these movements and give you even more information as far as like the nuances of each individual tool and different kind of progressions and regressions. So, and this will be fun because this will be, this will be great content for, you know, our fellow coaches, but then also people that just want to learn and, right. uh, and want to improve and get better. So because here at DDDJ, we're here to help you become your strongest self and have fun along the way. So it's definitely what we're working on. Can yeah. So oh, go ahead. what were we saying, man? Another cue. What do you got? Yeah. So I'm just going to add on to what you said. And yeah. I'm, this is something that popped in my head. It was just an epiphany that I had. I wasn't the first to come up with this. There were many coaches way smarter than me that came up with this. However, um, and then I saw it later on someone's post, but the, the three-step process that I utilize whenever lifting any kind of weight. So this is going to translate over to your press, your bench press, your push-up, your, um, your deadlift, your squat, you know, your, your lunge. And, but really in particular, like your, like your heavy lifts, as we say, like your big lifts. So squat, 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 bench, deadlifts, squat, press, deadlift, uh, basically breathe, brace, lift. So Eric alluded to this earlier. He said, and I did this for years, by the way, and as a personal trainer, when I still didn't know any better, and I was still learning. Um, I had a lot to learn. I still have a lot to learn, but, um, you know, being more mindful about the, the weight, I can't tell you how many times I would just go, go to the gym, load up the weight on the bar, do the exercise, put the bar, put the bar away, drink my water and, and go home. And that's it. You know, and that's good. That's not because not to say it's a bad thing. I got great results doing that. However, when I started really honing in on my technique and slowing down a little bit more on my setup, particularly on the barbell lifts and heavier dumbbell, heavier kettlebell, because the heavier the weight is, the you have the safety becomes even more important. Um, this is not to say it's not important with the lighter weights, but as the weight goes up, you really have to pay attention, um, which is why we're we're hammering the stuff down now, and uh, don't want to teach you on the on the early end. So breathe, brace, lift. It's very easy just to step up, rip and rip, go for it, whatever. However, as someone who has hurt their back pretty bad a couple of times over the last few years, and as a result of being in a hurry and typically going either too much in weight or volume or both, it's, uh, it's very critical so that you can keep doing this for, for life. Like I said, my client, she's 78 years old and she is, she, we, we use two kettlebells. Uh, we like on the sides kind of setting up like, like what we call suitcase deadlift style. Um, the reason that she's able to do that is because she followed, she's been following that pattern for, for years that she's been training. She gets set up, she breathes, she braces, and then she lifts. She so just, just bend down, just pick it up um, as, as fast as possible. So that, and Eric had mentioned this, that, that 360 breathing, that really filling that tank and really bracing that core. So you inhale, you get the air in there, you squeeze those abs tight and lift the weight so, so you, you're writing these down i was and then well yeah i wrote that down earlier yeah because i knew that's where we were going yeah gotcha because we'll recap it at the end we'll recap yeah. all the ones we go through i was gonna say next one and this is kind of seems simple but think about keeping your chest up but you want to be able to see the logo on your shirt so assuming you're wearing a logo being able to see that that's very important so that that, that kind of goes hand in hand with posture too that's why the deadlift is is so crucial too for more than a, there's obviously a plethora of reasons, but I would say one of them being that, you know, as far as the really correct posture and core strength. Yeah. 
no, absolutely, man. And that's, that's a great, I love that cue because it's, it just, particularly for clients that are, that are going into flexion, you know, mm-hmm. you get into that like body weight hinge and we notice wow. that that flexion occurring. We say, Hey, chest up a little bit. That tends to be a very, very good cue for most people. And it's cause it just makes sense. And if you stand in front of someone and you say this and like, for like, for a lot of people, like if, if, if Eric were my client and I was standing in front of him and I said, I want to see the Nike swoosh on your Jersey, bring that chest up a little bit boom there it is or if i say i want to see the boston on top of his jersey then uh, thank you and we could deep dive more but external cueing is usually going to be more beneficial for for people than internal cueing absolutely to understand that better so oh definitely like if you if you just say chest up the person's like oh you know they're they're, they're, they don't really know what to do with their bodies or they may not know but if you say show me your logo they're more apt to to keep their, their body upright more. So absolutely. And I'll be honest with you. There, there are, there are many, many multiple cues with the goal to accomplish one thing. So, you know, whether it's like, you're like trying to, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but like when we're talking about like packing your shoulder, engaging your lats, like that can be get very confusing fast. If you're, right. if you're a beginner lifter. So mm-hmm. there's a bunch of tools in your toolbox to that, that we have as coaches to, to teach you that. So if you ever working with your coach, obviously I hope that if you have a coach, your coach is always um, ready to answer questions and explain things. If, if things are making sense, cause it should be an open communication. It shouldn't be a dictator dictatorship. That's, that's um, that's based on my opinion. Obviously, Eric and I, we've talked about coaching values. So we certainly agree on that together. Um, so if something we say on here doesn't make sense to you, don't hesitate to, again, reach out and ask like, hey, what do you mean by that? Because nine times out of 10, if we explain the cue more and it still doesn't make sense, we're just going to go to another cue. So there's there's always, uh, there's multiple ways to communicate that same point. And um, it's all a matter of, again, personalizing it to the person. So, and their goals and limitations. I agree. Couldn't agree more. So, yeah. So chest up, that's a great one. The big one that I have really, really gotten into is, uh, is the lats. So, and this is one Eric, no, not Eric. Well, he has to, but, but Tony Genelcore had recently posted about this, um, you know, talking about the lats, it's like the super muscles, really learning how to engage your lats in the deadlift is a freaking game changer. I went from not doing that. To, I, I would bend down, I would take my, my, my sniff of air, brace my abs, and then stand up. I could pull a fair amount of weight. When I learned how to engage my lats and really lock that rib cage down, really, really maximize as much as I could, that trunk stability, my deadlift shot up about 70 pounds. So it was, it was quite, quite awesome. And it happened very quickly, by the way, over a matter, this was over a matter of weeks. So yes, yes. What what cue would you use for someone to fire their lats? So the 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 big the biggest one that I learned it was a shout out to Mike Conway. He's the first one there that I heard say it was the orange juice cue. So um, put oranges in your armpits and make orange juice. So you're thinking about for me that that just immediately made sense. Maybe to a lot of people they're going to think, what the hell do you mean by that? Because they might think, oh, pushing the the elbows like in. It's think about your shoulders down and pushing the shoulders down away from the ears. So um, that was like one of the biggest things because we tend, especially if we work behind the desk, spend a lot of time driving, hunched over on our phones, we we tend to overuse our traps. Like we tend to have those the shoulders up and rounded. So this is very much different where the shoulders are back and down. Mm-hmm. And then we should start, you should, eventually you'll get to where you can just do it. Like I can't just sitting here. I can immediately engage my lats. Um, it's a skill that you'll learn over time. But um, once I learned how to do that, it was, it was a game changer. And Eric, um, if you want to, you can talk about like for, for the barbell, 
there's the simple the simple cue with the with the barbell with, as far as the lat engagement. Yeah, well, well two things. I, I like what you said with with the, the orange juice. I was really that's a good cue. I mean, again, at, at the end of the day, it comes down to the individual as far as how you cue them. Like different people will pick up on different cues. So yeah, that's why you have to kind of have a lot of tools in your toolbox, kind of like you would with exercise. There's a million of them too. Cause one of the ones I, oh, sorry to cut you off, buddy, but one of the other ones I heard was your, put your shoulder blades in your back pockets. I mean, there's I just a million of them. That's the same thing. We're, we're moving those, we're moving those shoulders down. So and, and shoulders I, away from the ears, million, yeah. million cues that will accomplish the same thing. I like how you mentioned the word pushing. So the deadlift is a pushing exercise as well as as much as yes. it's pulling because you're generating force from the ground, right? So you're, you're, you're pushing away and thrusting your hips forward as you stand up, right? Exactly. So you're pushing, using the ground to push, and then you'll pull yourself up. So it's like, you'll, you'll sit back, you know, mm -hmm. when, when you're, when you're barbell, whatever you're using, once, once you create tension, you cut slack from the bar, AKA, you know, getting your lats to fire. And then I, what I was going to kind of allude to is you'll hear like a clicking sensation. A lot of times with the bar, that's how, you know, you're, you've cut slack from the bar and, and Absolutely, yeah. engaging your lats. And then you kind of use the bar as a counterweight and kind of pull yourself back to get your exactly. chest up. And then all of a sudden you should receive maximal hamstring tension, get those, those glutes will start firing. And then they're, you're, 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 you're like a slingshot. You're, you're loading, loading back. And mm -hmm. then as you stand up, that slingshot's going forward and it's propelling. Yeah. So the more you can cut slack, the more you can create that tension, the more forceful the deadlift it can be. And longer term, that'll help you with everything else as we kind of alluded to stronger core, stronger back, stronger legs, stronger arms, you know, stronger everything. We'll have to put that in the show notes. There's an Eric Cressy quote. And I don't remember it, but I'm going to, we're going to find it. It's, it, it, it talks about how deadlift, the deadlift is an everything exercise. And I totally agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I can find it. That's awesome. And you, you just reminded me of, a, of something I heard on Joe DeFranco's podcast uh, many years ago. Um, God, probably back in 2015, 2016. And he had, uh, you know, you know, Smitty, obviously his, uh, yeah. his, uh, his bandito Smitty diesel uh, with, at diesel, diesel strength and conditioning. Right. One of the best things I learned from him, just, he was just talking about the deadlift on the podcast. He said that when you set up into your, your wedge, which is your, your, your deadlift position, when you're setting up right before you're going to pick that weight up off the ground, if you were to let go of the bar or the kettlebell or the trap bar or the dumbbell, you should fall backward mm. because you're driving your feet into the ground. And we'll talk about this a little bit more in detail. Yeah, what you're, mm -hmm. What's that? You're generating force. You're pushing generating away. force. Exactly. So if you were to let go, it's pretty much like it's like a loaded spring or like a, like a, like a rubber band or a bowstring pulled back. And right. um, we can talk about this more in detail in the future. Cause I don't want to yep. go too, too far off the deep end. However, one of the simplest things when I'm teaching a kettlebell swing to my clients, first off, we always do the deadlift first because you need to learn how to hinge before you can swing, mm -hmm. but a swing is a hinge and a right. hinge is a swing. So you're like a, a kettlebell swing. It's just a faster, more explosive deadlift. Mm -hmm. A deadlift is a slower, heavier swing. If you are not going to swing the barbell, but you get the idea, right. you're hinging, you're driving force through the ground and you're driving your hips forward mm -hmm. to lift an external load. Well, actually, too, we kind of brought up a good point there. Like, I always tell people, too, like, keep your hips as close to the bar as you can, assuming if you're doing a barbell deadlift. But, I mean, I go, I go through even a kettlebell. You want to keep your body close. You don't want to get yeah. too far away from the instrument, whatever you're using. Absolutely, yeah. Because the farther away you are from it, the more potential for back pain or other, oh, other pain anywhere else. So I'll talk about it. I'll go so, ahead, buddy. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm just saying in, in general that that becomes so crucial. And that, and that's why like 
honing in and like owning your starting position. I we've probably talked about it in other episodes, but that becomes so important. If you're if you're owning your starting position on any movement, you're gonna get better. It's like anything else. It's like practicing a sport or practicing whatever an instrument. Like you have you have to own it and and get really good at owning it, and then you can progress. And I think. Mike, Mike does a great job of that. Mike Conway. I mean, I remember like yeah. even with him, I would deadlift with him all the time. And he would like, I, I've been deadlifting for years and he's like giving me new cues or new things to work on. It's like, you could see how valuable, but also how expansive it is. There's so much that you can do with it. I feel, I feel yeah. like it's like, it really, it really is. It to me encompasses a lot of fitness or a lot of training in, in general. I, I feel like a deadlift is like, I, like I said a million times, it's literally going to cover all your bases. So it, it checks a lot of boxes, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Oh, definitely, man. It's such a, it's such a great movement. And it's, it's fun, man. A lot, like, I, I can't tell you how many clients I've had that, and again, regardless of the tool, whether it's a trap bar, if it's a kettlebell, double kettlebell, if it's dumbbells, if it's suitcase style, if it's sumo, if it's conventional, you know, if it's stagger stands, if it's Jefferson deadlift, there's like a million different variations. Million. Almost all of my clients, once they learn how to hinge properly and how to deadlift, they end up falling in love with the movement because right. it's just really fun and it's very empowering. It's there are very few things more satisfying because this is a movement almost everybody can do. Again, I have a 78-year-old client who has two knees that are super banged up and like her hand has been bothering her, but we're still able to work around those. Oh, you find the way. You say you find the way. Yeah. And they love it. And it's just very empowering to bend down, pick up some heavy weight relative to your, 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 your body, your goals, your limitations, et cetera. But it's, it's a very empowering movement. And it's one that will, that will just not only it's the everything exercise like Derek Cressy mentioned, but it's also one that will help you maintain your independence, particularly in your, in your later years. Mm-hmm. One of, I love when it, I love every time a client say this, cause it happens every time. And I try really hard not to be the one to, to prompt it. However, when we're doing like a double dumbbell or double, double kettlebell deadlift, I like to pair it with a farmer's walk. Like, so we'll, we'll pick the weights up for a certain number of reps, you know, whatever the range is, and then walk and carry the weights, you know, say down and back on the turf or on the lane or whatever. Yep. They set them down and they recognize obviously full body movement, lower body's moving, core's activated, upper body's working, you know, lats, um, lats and uh, grip and everything's working really hard. And then they go, oh man, this really reminds me of carrying my groceries from the car. Look, and that's what's on. It's like that's that's what we're working. We're working on getting you strong for a reason. You know that way you can you can continue to live your life and be independent as long as possible. So, well, I would think I always think too to add to a couple of things you said. I think when I, whenever I start with a client, that's like one of the first things I would think of. I was like, you know, as far as when you think about goals, I think strength should be right up there at the top. I, I would think exactly. like, I, I never want to get somebody weaker. I, I, I I've said this before. Like you know, if, if you if you. Uh, you know, if you feel like you're getting too strong, you know, let me know and we'll, we'll stop or whatever. It's like, yeah, I don't think anyone's gonna be like, yeah, I'm way too strong. Like let's nine, in nine years. No one's ever yeah. said that to me. Yeah. <laughs> like I put on way too much muscle. Like let, let, let's stop while we're ahead. You know, it's like, no one's going to say that. So I always think too, like, no matter what, even if, cause most people, when they come to you the first time, they don't have like, a lot of people don't have specific goals. You have to kind of ask those open-ended questions and get, get, you get their why pretty much and figure out what they're looking to do. But I, I don't know about you, at least in my experience, anyways, yeah. a lot of times people give you the generic goals, which are fine, you know, lose body fat, gain muscle, but they don't really yeah. know what that all means. And, and again, and again, as an experience I've had, but digging deeper, finding their why, and then also like giving strength to the purpose. Think about having something that you're sort of aiming for. Usually those those um, performance goals will yield you to your, your aesthetic goals, whatever that is, right? So oh, yeah. across the board, 
I, we go, we'll go to deadlift. Cause if, if you have a really strong deadlift, that's going to improve your physique everywhere. So I, I think it, it's, it's good to have, it's, it's almost good to stamp numbers to it too. Like, Hey, I'm shooting for a 135 deadlift or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. And you oh, may yeah. not, they may not know what that looks like in the beginning. So you wouldn't, you may not want to put that all on, on them day one, but oh, yeah, over, over time you can throw in some things here and there and be like, okay, you know, we're at 95 pounds. Let, let's, uh, let's make a goal for, of 135 to be your, 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 your one rep max in the future or shoot aim for that. You know what I mean? Like have, have something that they're sort of like training for. Right. So it's training, not working out. Right. It gets a whole other topic, but yeah. that, kind of, that kind of brought that in, into me, just what you had said. And also too, uh, not to get too much off top, but you had, you had said deadlifts with pharma carries. I like to do deadlifts with chin-ups. I like that combination. Those are great. Yeah. But, so you're getting two grip intensive movements back to back, but they're, they're, they, they kind of um, go hand in hand with each other. So they're, they're, there's a lot of similarities as far as I say muscles being worked, but as far as how you operate both movements. So yeah, a lot, a lot of it being grip intensive and core intensive. So, but in, in general, yeah, in general, all the things you said were, were awesome. Also too, what's your thoughts on, so I always think like shoulders above your chest, chest above your hips, and then hips above your knees. What's your thoughts on that? Cause obviously it's going to be based on the individual. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. Because that's, that's an even, that's taking the triangle and even a step. That's right, it's more right. Because you're right. Because you, and again, we're, we're now we're venturing off a little bit into the deep end. However, yeah. for normal everyday people like us and right. our clients and, and our coaches, you that that is the safe the safe position to to pull from whether again kettlebell dumbbell barbell trap bar right whatever tool you're going to be using 100 there are elite lifters now these are elite lifters mind you and we're talking about elite lifters so we're normal people so yes i do think that that um shoulders above chest chest above hips hips above knees that is definitely the safest, safest position for, I would say the vast, the vast majority of people we work with. Um, however, you, there, you will see elite level lifters that will go into upper back rounding. And this is where it gets confusing. And I was also confused when I first saw I, this. I, I agree like, with oh, this. this is wrong. Yeah. However, one thing you have to understand is when, when first off, when we see this happen, these, these are folks that are, they're maxing out. They're going for state regional you know, world records, you know, they're pushing their bodies to the absolute limit because they want to hit a certain number and break a record. So that's one thing. First off, we got to get right off the bat. Most of us aren't trying to break a record. We're trying to break a personal record. And right. that's, that's still very important, but we're not, you're not trying to win a sponsorship, you know, from a supplement company or, you know, or win a trophy or something, say for the most part. So one thing you'll see is on a really heavy pull, on the barbell for a lot of these, a lot of these men and women, you will see the shoulders come over a little bit and you'll see a little bit of rounding from a technical standpoint. Yes, that is, that is a, that is not what we would want to see in the gym from a client. However, it is what we call thoracic spine rounding. So the upper back is rounding at their level. They know their bodies. They're able to maintain that tension. And a lot of them will, they'll initiate with the round, but they'll hold that position while they're lifting. The big mistake people make is when they, they round the back during the lift. And especially for the inexperienced lifter, which will do it in the lumbar region, which is very, very dangerous. If we start rounding the lower back on a heavy pull and it happens, especially in that midpoint of the lift, that's where, that's where you're, you put yourself in, in the, we're in the red, we're red zone, but not good red zone. Like it's a danger zone. So 
Um, but yeah, I just, just wanted to give you a little, little bit of tidbit there. So if you see a, if you see a video of like Hoftor Bjornsson or Eddie Hall deadlifting, you know, over a thousand pounds, don't, don't, don't comment them and say, Hey, your technique's wrong. And it's like, it's, it, these guys are breaking world records and the body, you know, and they also have a lot of muscle on their upper backs as well. So they, they, they structurally can, can, they can perform that, uh, that movement pattern that way and not get hurt most of the time, obviously things happen. And I think, and I think too, and I know we'll, we'll end with the recap as far as on, on all this. Cause yeah. we, we've, we've, I like, you know, I've actually, I gotta admit on, sorry to cut you off, Eric. I've never heard that though. I've never heard shoulders above chest mm-hmm. and then chest. I like that better though than what I've been saying, because it's, because you think about, again, we're in that hinge pattern. Right. And, uh, if we, if we round into that, you know, upper back and ultimately into the lower back, if it's an, an experience lifter. The chest is still above the hips. However, we're not in a good neutral spot versus if his shoulders are down and back. Think, yep. Then we're maintaining that packed lats. I think if I put like a clipboard, if I had like my clipboard here, if I put a clipboard on your back, it's going to stay. That's, it should be like, you know, as far as for the most part, obviously it may, it may be like this a little bit, but for the most part, it's, it's completely flat. You know what I mean? As yep. far as your back. Obviously I say that it's, it's, it's you're going to be upright a little bit more, but sure. in reality, to have a, you want a good strong back position. You don't want any sort of hump in your back. So you oh, want absolutely. as straight as you can. Like I said, obviously you're locking the shoulders back. So then your chest is up. So there's some discrepancy at the top of your, exactly. your, your spine, but yeah. for the most part, it's, it's, it's flat. Oh, um, definitely. Yeah. And that's where, that's where we can talk about this in another episode. Oh, and yeah. actually I would love to have like a physical therapist on yeah, yeah. Like one, one to detail here, but like that, the, the idea of like a neutral spine, it's right. not perfectly straight. So our, our, our spine actually has that, that S shaped curve that we call, you know, going from, you know, your cervical to your thoracic, to your, to your lumbar, to sacral. So even, even when we say like flat back, technically there's still a little bit of natural curvature, but, right. um, but, but that's where the coach's eye really comes into play and also knowing your body and that kind of stuff. So if, again, if anyone has questions, don't hesitate to send us a video and say, Hey, is this, is this a good position for me? Uh, we'd be more than happy to help you out. We would love it. Actually. We love this kind of stuff. So yeah, well, I was going to say too, when you, when you had brought up the point about engaging, you know, engaging your lats, squeezing your armpits, um, and making the orange juice. I, I really, I love that cue, by the way. That, that, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. It was all Mike. Oh, it's all Mike. Yeah. We'll, we'll shout out to Mike there. But I was going to say, too, we didn't really talk about it, but, like, making sure your elbows are locked. You don't want to have, like, any sort of bend. People try to lift the bar. They're, like, slightly bending their elbows. I see it all the all the time. Yeah. So I think locked elbows is actually important. That's another kind of cue we I just thought of. I was like, we, we didn't really cover. Um, and pushing into the ground and then pulling the weight up, like we talked about. When yeah, you get the lat tension, make sure you're, like, you're, you're, you're using the bar's counterweight or counterbalance to sit back, like we talked about, and get that full tension. Um, but that all that's important. Like I said, all, all that, all, all that kind of goes together to make a good deadlift. You can't, if you're missing, if you're not checking all the boxes, there could be some sort of breakdown. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and honestly, please don't, please don't get overwhelmed by all of this because We're I noticed, it's so funny. Cause it is a lot. We're going over a lot of things and a lot of things. Yeah. Not every cue is going to, is going to be relevant for you because I've noticed, and it's so funny because you just, it's funny how things go full circle. Like I, I remember when I first started training, I'll be honest, I had absolutely no idea what the heck I was doing. And we did a lot of machine-based stuff, stuff that I felt comfortable teaching and coaching. And as I learned, as I attended more workshops, certifications and everything, I, I started learning more and, and started gradually heading out into the, uh, the deep end with the free weights, those scary free weights. Um, <laughs> I, um, I found myself over coaching 
and right. over queuing and uh, and totally confusing the client. And then it's again, we just and this is this is us. We're coaches. We do this for a living. And we're you know I'm I'm admitting to you right now that there are many times when we don't know the answer. And we refer to another colleague, um, or we like take some time to digest something and maybe think it over. Um, so we're networking, of course, is really is really critical. So. But one thing I've noticed is that, yes, the, these are all very good cues, all tips, and we're going to go into some more as well. However, I've noticed that with myself, and this is where you could do this for, your, for yourself as well. If you're, if you're doing a deadlift and you're like, I'm not sure how it looks, start off and establish a baseline. Just do, do what a deadlift is to you first, as long as it doesn't hurt, as long as there's no pain and nothing feels funky. Um, perform the deadlift, see what your natural kind of what we call baseline deadlift looks like. And then we go from there because then we're, we're not going to list off all of these cues at you because if we said all this all at once, you would be, your, your head would spin because you'd be thinking, okay, well, my lats and my, my knees and my feet. You're like, I mean, we, Eric, you and I, we came up similar. We have similar, um, you know, similar coaches we lean on in the industry and like, what is it? One to two cues at a time. And we don't do any more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Focus on a couple at a time. The ones that. Yeah they really need. So it's, it's going to be personalized to that individual for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so don't, like I said, don't, don't get overwhelmed and not all of these cues are going to apply to you and you'll, you'll find, and this is normal as we vary, as you vary your training, which hopefully you do, hopefully you're using different tools. I don't always deadlift on the barbell. I use the barbell. I use the trap bar. I love kettlebell deadlifting. I think, I think kettlebell deadlifting is very underrated. I think a lot of, um, this is, I, I'll talk about this in another, another things uh, entirely. I think a lot of people, we start off with the kettlebell deadlift and the kettlebell deadlift is viewed as a beginner movement and an intermediate one to get you over to the barbell. I love heavy kettlebell deadlifts. So that's one thing when we ended up getting heavier bells, shout out to Derek, who, who, uh, convinced the company to buy these. We had, um, our heaviest one was 48 kilograms of so 106 pounds. He ended up getting us a 52, a 56 and a 60. So we ended up getting, let's say a 10, a 106, a 115, a 124, and then a 130 ish, 134 pound, um, one. Let me tell you something. I love those. And barbells are very popular in the gym. So if you're in a gym that has pretty heavy bells or like pairs of bells, you can deadlift those. And that's a great way to still get that hinge pattern in. You're still building strength and it's a different tool, but it's the same movement. So it doesn't have to be the barbell. If you're on a specific powerlifting program, of course, you got to play, you got to lift the barbell because that's uh, that's sport specific training, but you know, don't, don't, um, don't think that using dumbbells or kettlebells or these other tools are, are not useful that you have to lift with a barbell to get good results. Because let me tell you, that is not true. I had clients that we did, um, you know, months and months and months of a kettlebell deadlifting, like heavy single bell, double bell. They stepped over the bar to the barbell and murdered it. I had clients that pulled like PRs and, uh, and they did it very, very well. And everything that they learned on the kettlebell deadlift translated over to the barbell couple slight obviously tweaks and nuances, but it's, um, you know, don't, don't get married to one style. Like we say all the time, right. Don't marry yourself to one style. Yeah. To add that too, I, we didn't really talk about the finishing position. So you fin I think finish it. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to cover. <laughs> yeah. Finish with your glutes instead of your back. I think a lot of times people will kind of like almost round. They'll just kind of, I say round, they'll, they'll, they'll go like a, into like a arch almost to like, as when they, yeah. they'll hyperextend when they stand. And that will hurt their back. So make sure you finish with your glutes, squeeze your glutes tight. When you stand up, stand up tall, think about like you're getting measured at the doctors. That's what I tell people when you're, when you're standing up completely. Yeah. You'd want yeah, to stand, yeah, stand, stand tall. Stand tall. Stand tall. Yeah. Yep. So, and then, and then I would say on the descent, it doesn't stop there. Cause on the way down, you got to make sure you control the, the descent as well. Yes. 
and yes. keep keep the core bracing, stay locked in until it goes to the ground. And you don't want to let go. You want to make sure you're, you're keeping tension and, and grip in the bar, especially for the next rep. You want to peel the shoulders back, do the same things we sort of alluded to and stand back up again. So. Absolutely. I think that's a great, that's a great point. I want to, I want to add to that just a little bit, Eric, because I'm glad you said that and that reminded me of that. Don't just set the bar down uh, willy nilly. I cannot tell you how many people I've seen get hurt from the lowering of the weight and not doing so mindfully and carefully versus the actual lifting part of the weight. Um, that actually good, the same thing goes with the kettlebell swing. I've seen a lot of people, they get lazy in that last rep, they drop down the, the, Shoulders drop down, you get in too much of a, of a rounded hinge, and then you pull your back. Ask me how I know, because I've done it myself, and it's, and it's a mistake I've made myself, and I've learned that lesson. And I, I, But the nice thing is the gift of injury, especially for coaches, we learn and we can apply those lessons into, into all of you and hopefully help you avoid those mistakes we did. But, yeah, when you're setting that belt, I tell my clients one of my favorite cues is if we're doing like, especially if for the deadlift into the carry, which I love for this, for this one client, cause it's just a great move for her. But when you're doing like a, a, a deadlift, you're for a set of five or a set of whatever, six on your last rep on that last rep, once they stand up and lock it out, I tell them, set it down just like you're going to do number rep number six or number seven or rep number six or whatever you're that, that phantom extra rep would have been because then they put the hips back. They, you know, they come down nice and gradual and they maintain that cylinder position versus just dropping down. Exactly. I, I like the, the love tap idea too. Like yeah. Gently yeah. Tap the ground and then come back up. That's fine. As long as you can keep your, your tension. The problem when you, when you smack it too hard, when you come down, is it, you lose tension and you lose your position. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is, you know, this is, this is why I love talking about this because we can go so many different, different ways down the rabbit hole. This is where the big debate between, your, your touch and go deadlifts versus like your full dead stop deadlifts, which both are great. And, right. um, but I will say like the touch and go deadlift, you definitely need to know what you're doing. If you're, if you okay. don't understand the positions and the tension, um, definitely don't do touch and go yet because it, it, it's definitely more on the advanced side, I would say for most people. So, because you're, you're right, especially when you get up to a certain strength level, because the bar starts to, it starts to wiggle a little bit, which is, which is great. That's something that we love to see, but Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that jarring when the, when the white weight is set down, it can definitely, um, get you out of position. So I definitely start off with, we do one rep at a time when we're doing the, uh, the dead stop deadlift. I tell my clients, like if it's a set of five, I tell them, actually I told this to my client the other, the other night, actually they were doing, it was 155. It was three sets of five. So for that first set, I said, it is a set of five, but I want you to lift it as if it's five sets of one. There you go. So every single rep gets the attention, the tension, the attention and the tension that it deserves and the focus and do every rep and make every rep count. So we'll keep you safe and uh, get stronger. Any final remarks or before we recap? Man, you know, it's funny. I, uh, I totally realized we were focusing on like last. We were talking about like breathing, bracing, everything. We didn't even talk about the feet. Um, I'll right. save yeah. that for another day because that's just such a I mean, we're, I- we're getting into it's, I, mean, I, I would, I would say too, with the feet, I prefer usually hip width or very close to hip width. I don't like correct, when it's yeah. too, if your feet are too wide, you're going to collapse. Your knees will probably collapse. You're going to, you're going to create. Unless you, unless your hips can just do that. Some people can do that, that wider. Yeah. Stance. I mean, obviously if you're sumo deadlifting, you have to be wider. I, I like a modified sumo, like somewhere in between. Yeah. But yeah. I, I totally agree. I think from, if you're conventional pulling for the most part, I, I would go usually about hip width apart, give or take. Yeah. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, and that's, again, I'm, I'm going to mention it again to put, put us under some pressure. That's the reason I want to do the movement series because there's just so, there's so much that goes into each, each movement, well, uh, variety, variation, progressions, regressions, yeah. different tools. I mean, so, and, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. And I, I think a lot, a lot of my, my folks at Lifetime, a lot of the trainers there, they want to start doing movement series too. So I said, Hey, I want to, I would love to get a lot of coaches in on it and just keep, keep giving back and help people out. So. Oh, I think that's awesome. Yeah, no, and that's, and it's going to be fun. And that honestly, we, we want to help you become your strongest self and have fun along the way. Uh, but we also want to move the industry forward. You know, it's, I love working hard. I think working hard and, and kicking ass in the gym is a great thing. However, pushing yourself to the absolute limit every single day is it's not going to work. And it's, that's one thing that I want to hopefully help with teaching is to show you there is a time to really push and grind it out. But that whole hashtag on my grind mindset that you see on the social media platforms is uh, it can be very misguided. Hashtag we don't really, we touch that. Like I, we touch the danger zone. I go into the danger zone of my training, but not very often. I don't max out all the time. You know, our training is we're on a pro I'm, I'm on a specific program that's written by my coach obviously Eric is as well. And we're personal trainers. We, we do this for a living and even we have coaches. So I, um, and it's great because I can, I can look at people and I can very honestly say that I believe in the value of training because I invested in myself. And it's right. true because it's, you know, you, you, it's very hard to like get out of your own head and, and push yourself. So it's, um, you know, if you're having, if you have questions or if you're just confused and you're like, Holy crap, like I'm even more confused after hearing DeMarco and Eric say all this, reach out to a coach, find, you know, find someone, there's a bunch of options out there and uh, maybe it's one of us, maybe it's someone else. I mean, it's uh, you know, we're um, obviously we're not here. We're not here to try to sell you a bunch of stuff. Cause we haven't, we don't have any sponsors. We're not, we're not reffing any, uh, any, any swag. Not yet. We'll do that in the future though. So, but um, yeah, I think the big thing, you know, focus on breathe, brace, lift and always, always, always prioritize safety Oh, wow. My brain just shut down for a second. I'm so sorry. Um, always emphasize safety and effectiveness. So basically we want to do it sa safety, effectiveness, and, and being pain-free. I don't know why my brain just had a moment there, but. So yeah, re recap everything. Did you, did you write down all the stuff we, we said or no? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What, what, what do you have? I'll, I'll see if I could add anything based on what you have. Yeah. Like so in regards to the deadlift, it's a foundational movement pattern. It It is a movement that we perform in our daily living. So getting stronger at that movement pattern, being able to safely bend down and pick something up safely is only going to make everything else in your life easier. It's going to make uh, activities of daily living easier and it's going to make you uh, more badass than you already are. It's going to make you harder to kill <laughs> as a lot of those coaches would say, but also it's, uh, it's just going to help you maintain your independence uh, into your senior years and beyond. So it's uh, very, very critical. So that was the why. The next thing we talked about was the squatting versus deadlifting, which can be very confusing. Focus really on the, the amount of knee bend in the hip positioning. The hips are above the knees with the deadlift and the knees bend more for the squat and less in the deadlift. So hips think hips are going more back. Uh, think like close the car door with your butt on the deadlift and hips are going to sink more. They're going to descend more on the squat. So that's the main difference there. And then Eric had mentioned, obviously, shoulders above chest chest above hips and hips above knees. So took that triangle concept um, and even further. And then from there, I mentioned breathe, brace, lift, utilize that. So take the air in, hammer down, you know, get that, get that core tight. And uh, my favorite cue, I can't believe I didn't mention this because I say it to every single client and they chuckle because I, I use the same one every time. 
in regards to brace your core, all I want you to do is pretend like Mike Tyson is going to punch you in the stomach and just get tight. It's not sucking in your belly button or trying to push the belly out. It's just getting tight and just bracing, bracing for impact. So, um, I'm not, no one, if, if you're being hit for part of your training, unless you're a boxer, that's probably a bad thing. So, um, hopefully your trainer's not beating you up, but, <laughs> uh, Eric then mentioned uh, chest up, you know, wanting to see the logo on the shirt so that we can emphasize, um, you being in a good position. So, um, that was the main thing there. Those were the main cues that, that I remember, uh, obviously as well as, as the lats. So packing those lats. And there goes Vivi waking up. So that's a perfect time for us to wrap up. <laughs> yep. Awesome. So well, want to end with, let's see, we probably won't have time for a lightning round, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So we just go, let's go dad, let's trade dad jokes and then, uh, then sign off. So that'll be perfect. So what, what does an angry bunny and a pro basketball player have in common? Mad hops. Mad hops. Is it mad hops? That ops, you got wow. it. Right. I, I pulled that out of my out of my ass, by the way. That's I'm actually impressed with myself. Thank you. Well, actually, another one I want to say too is what do you call a basketball player that misses dunks? Uh I don't know, man. Alley whoops. Alley whoops. Oh, that's great. That's really good. Right, um, where where is uh basketball players' favorite place to eat? Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. You knew it. You know, you know what I was going there. <laughs> so Man, well, all of you, everyone, thank you all so much for um, for listening in to another episode of Deadless Talk Dad Jokes. Um, I'm going to go take care of my wonderful baby girl, Viviana, who woke up from her nap on time, by the way. She she let us run through most of this episode, which is yeah, great. I um, yeah, hope you learned a lot from this episode. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. You know, drop us a comment, hit us up in the DMs, slide into Eric's DMs. Um, no, just kidding. But, uh, but you can't, obviously, but you know, either of us. So, um, but hope you enjoyed it. Um, we're here to help you become your strongest self and have fun along the way. And as always, remember to train your body and feed your mind.